Hi, United Church. It is so good to be with you today. I wanted to start off by saying thank you so very much to your congregation uh, for supporting our students at Seattle Pacific University. What we found out during the spring quarter is that with everything that was happening with COVID-19, our students were finding themselves actually not qualifying for the stimulus checks that were being distributed. And at the same time, like many people, uh, their hours were being reduced. And so what we learned was that food security was becoming an issue for many of our students who were commuters and living off campus. So by you adopting BN Bakery and contributing with a gift card enabled us to purchase some sandwiches for our students. We were able to hold two sharpened lunches, uh, which has been for our commuter and off-campus students. And we were able to purchase sandwiches actually for 180 students uh, during those two times. And as we partnered with other local churches in the city of Seattle, we were able to actually distribute $25 gift cards uh, to grocery stores for our students as well. And so we're just so thankful for the opportunity to be able to partner together and to be able to really reflect to our students. Some of them are connected to churches and actually many of them are not. Uh, and so they got the opportunity to see that the churches in Seattle really care about them um, and want to come alongside them um, and really let the love of God abound in different ways over them. And so we wanted to take a moment just to say we are so grateful for you and your partnership. Uh, I'm really thankful for Pastor Aaron. We have had the opportunity to partner in other areas uh, over the past couple of years. And at Seattle Pacific, we are looking forward to seeing what we can do together in the city of Seattle. As Pastor Aaron and I have connected um, many times, he kind of reached out and said, hey, Chaplain Lisa, would you be open to um, sharing with our congregation uh, just a little bit about um, the spiritual disciplines, what that looks like lived out in your own life? Um, it's just taking this opportunity to try this at home. And so we actually had the privilege of being able to lead spiritual disciplines on our campus this past quarter. Uh, we released one new spiritual discipline every week. So if you're interested, you can actually go to our website and look up our chapel schedule. And under every week, there's actually some PDFs uh, for a new spiritual discipline every week. So if you're looking for some like new ways to just engage with God, uh, we invite you to check out our website um, and, and try to you know set some time aside and maybe pick up a new spiritual discipline. Uh, so we invite you to check out those resources there as well in case that's helpful for you. Um, during this time, I wanted to take a moment to um, really engage with the spiritual discipline of discernment. And during this time of COVID-19, during this time in our city uh, and also in our nation with many protests going on, um, really speaking out against the unjust systems that exist systemically within our society um, with lives that need to be dignified and need to be honored. Um, I think that there is a lot that many people, I don't know about you, but even for me, are trying to discern, God, what are you doing in the big picture? And then how do I cooperate with you in that? And that's really what the spiritual discipline of discernment is. It's asking kind of these bigger picture questions with God um, and waiting on the Holy Spirit. And part of that is being able to ask God, 
Holy Spirit, how are you working and moving and how can I pay attention to that and how can I move with the work that you are already doing? Um, I believe that God is active and at work uh, in our lives, uh, in our country, in our nation and in the world. And part of, I think, what we get to do as the body of Christ is actually say, God, how are you working and moving and how can I partner and cooperate with that work. So if God, you are doing a redemptive work in this particular place, how do I be a part of bringing those things about? And what I found is that as we get to move into action in these different places in our lives, God is also doing a particular work in us, growing us and shaping us. Um, So what I wanted to start off with actually is a passage in Philippians. Um, This book in particular, it's an epistle that was written to the Church of Philippi. But at the beginning, Paul starts out with just an affirmation of who we are in Christ, um, of his love for the church at Philippi. Um, And at the same time, then he has a prayer that I want us to be able to focus in on and take a look at. So I'm going to go ahead and read just the first part of Philippians and we can dive in. So I'm going to start in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, and I'll be reading through uh, verse 11. So may God bless the reading of God's word. Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And then this is Paul's prayer. Paul says, and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This passage is significant because what it talks about is the abounding love of God, but it talks about this wisdom and this knowledge. It's not just knowing something cognitively. It's actually the deeper knowing in us, that it is what drives part of our discernment, our ability to see how God is working and moving and move with God in those things. And then in that process of God working this out in our lives, that we would be able to bear good fruit. Um, The fruit of the Spirit really is what this passage is talking about. And so there is an invitation for us uh, to really consider discernment. And I think given all of the things that are taking place um, in our lives, I think corporately and then also personally, I'm sure that this journey was not what you anticipated the spring and now moving into the summer months would look like. I think that there are a lot of things that... um, 
well have changed and maybe some of that has brought a little bit or a lot of grief and mourning. Maybe there have been moments of depression, um, disappointments, things that have been missed or things that we have had to give up. Um, and so I think part of this process is being able to be honest about all of those things um, and then see, okay, God, how do we move forward with that? What are you doing in my particular life to grow me and mold me and shape me uh, to be more more like you to reflect Christ likeness uh, so that we can allow this abounding love of God um, to pour over out of our lives um, into, into the world. Uh, it would give us opportunities even more and more to connect with others, to value others, um, to be able to affirm uh, our humanity, our dignity, but to also just honor the fellowship of the church and uh, the blessing of being in relationship with people of all different backgrounds. And so I believe that there is an invitation for us um, in this place to kind of ask God, how are you more, how are you working and moving and how do I cooperate with you in those spaces? Um, I wanted to also just, um, I think take us to the book of John. Uh, I think that this is really a grounding passage for what that incarnational love really looks like. Um, in the book of John, uh, chapter 14 and 15, uh, chapter 14 is really focusing in on the work of the Holy Spirit, right? When people come to faith, um, we receive the Holy Spirit. So we have the indwelling presence of God that is the one who empowers us. Uh, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one who teaches us, uh, who helps us to understand things that we could not understand on our own uh, knowledge and learning and abilities. Uh, the Holy Spirit is actually the one who makes things anew in our lives. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings conviction so that we can live differently. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the one who bears good fruit in our lives. And so what I love about John 15 then is it's this idea of then what does it look like to live out this life um, with Christ? And so I think that's where discernment actually kind of comes in, right? We're trying to discern, how do I walk with God in that? What does it look like to move with God in that? Um, sometimes I've heard people say, like, God told me. And so some of us have had experiences where God has made some things really clear to us. And so we've been able to make decisions. Uh, but some of us, God hasn't actually spoken to us in that way. Um, maybe God has revealed God's self to us maybe through beauty, maybe through art, um, maybe it is just a deep sense of knowing and believing that God is real, that God's word is true, and that we had a moment where we really believed with God that we were loved and known. And that in that place then, that God um, allows us and invites us into abiding and tabernacling with God, that God then bears God's fruit in us. And I think that part of that is us knowing that we're not alone. And that's actually what empowers us to continue to live in this place of discernment, of walking with God. Um, I think this discernment kind of piece is the Holy Spirit led moments uh, in our lives. And I think that part of that is us being intentional and opening up uh, to God in that space. And so I think that's actually then the place for the spiritual disciplines, for different practices that help us to discern how is God actively working and moving. I wanted to uh, jump to John 15 and actually just read the first part of that passage. Um, I think what's really important in this is that 
Once we receive the Holy Spirit, the rest of our lives is really this idea of remaining and abiding and walking. And God gives us this, um, I want to say brilliant and amazing um, picture of being attached to the vine. Um, in a vineyard, uh, there's a lot um, having to do with uh pruning with growing fruit and what it takes to be able to do that. And so God uses this illustration in this passage to uh, remind us um, to stay uh, abiding, to stay connected with God, because that is where the life is going to come. And that is where God is going to bear God's fruit in us. And so I'm going to read uh, just the first part of John 15. Uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what it could look like to actually abide and tabernacle with God, uh, what it could then look like to allow that to play a role in our discernment and in decision making in our lives. So John 15. Jesus says to the disciples, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will bear even more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And so the past couple of weeks, uh, you've had the opportunity to hear from a couple of pastors uh, who have really kind of taken you through a couple of different disciplines. And so Pastor Casey, you had the opportunity to really practice this discipline of quiet, of being in these spaces of slowing down and being able to listen. And this is a part of discerning, oh God, how are you working and moving and how do I move with you in that? Another part of, um, I think, this discernment process is actually holding the tension of joy and of grief. First, I want to talk a little bit about grief because I think that that's actually the pruning part sometimes uh, that is talked about in this John 15 passage. And I think that it actually goes right along the lines um, with Pastor Jay's message that actually talks about confession. In this pruning process, um, sometimes uh, there really are sins that God wants to make clear to us or um, bring up in us. Sometimes as we practice quiet, uh, it allows uh, our sins to kind of surface and come to mind so that we can be involved in being actively uh, confessing on a regular basis the sins, the places that we um, have fallen short that God can really grow and redeem and uh, purify in us. Um, I also think that the other side of pruning is sometimes where God cuts things off uh, that are not necessarily bad, but in order for one particular part of this vine to grow or one particular thing in our lives, God needs to kind of funnel or put all of the energy into that one space, right? And so I think that can also be a part of pruning so that God can bear a particular fruit in our life. But see, with this pruning, what it means is that there's a little bit of grief. Um, maybe sometimes a lot of grief. Um, some of you know I recently moved up here two years ago to be able to serve as a university chaplain at Seattle Pacific University, and I left an amazing community back in L.A., 
my friends and my family are all there. I had 54 people praying for me uh, to help me to discern what God was doing in my life. And all of them were very sure that this is what God had next for me. And so there was a communal discernment that was actually taking place that God was working in the lives of many people and myself at the same time uh, to really kind of show me what God was doing in that space. But what that meant is that I was then invited into about a year and a half of really deep grief and mourning. I left people that I loved very much. Um, as a single woman of God, I moved all the way up to the Pacific Northwest. And especially in this COVID season, um, I've like lived by myself. And to be honest, there is sorrow and there is grief about the people um, that I don't get to see all the time, my family that I haven't been able to visit. Uh, there is some grief and mourning um, about just being able to make new friends and get out and do fun things in the Pacific Northwest, especially during the summer. Um, there are places for me that I feel like, oh, God was just kind of pruning these things back in my life. Some of them, you know, were like sinful that God had to redeem, but some of them were just God saying, actually, I want to focus you in this particular area so I can grow this particular fruit in your life. And so part of the discernment for me was holding this tension of grief and really allowing God uh, to work in my life so that I could surrender some of those pieces to the Lord and allow God to heal those places that were really painful for me. Um, I think there is something to holding the tension in this discernment process of grief of those things changing, but also holding joy. And part of that joy process, I think, is learning to delight and learning and really engaging in this idea that delight is also worship. Um, I really do believe that God gave us passions and desires and joy for uh, particular things that um, are, are part of our individual relationship with God and also part of our communal relationship in the body of Christ that we're connected to. And so I believe that there's also an invitation in this discernment process to discern what brings you joy. Like what actually is life-giving for you? Um, when you engage in this particular thing, um, how does God bear the fruit of joy in your life? Uh, for me, what I have found um, past couple of weeks have actually been really hard. And so uh, what I know about myself is I need to do something tactile in very stressful moments. So I like to bake. Um, I like to try new recipes and try things out. Sometimes it totally flops, uh, but sometimes it actually comes out really well and I love it. And so for me, I think I've found this joy in cooking, in baking. Um, I also for myself, really love wine pairing with good food. Um, that's a beautiful thing to me. And so for me, it's finding these places of passion and delight, the things that bring me joy, um, and really seeing that as an act of worship. Um, there's another part to this, I think, um, as we hold the joy and the grief together, I think that it's part of our discernment process. Um, so what we said is the discernment process is really trying to ask and wait on the Holy Spirit uh, to say, God, what are you doing in our lives and how do I cooperate and move with you? 
Um, the joy part that's important in this is I believe that our desires, our longings actually help us to be connected to God. Um, it reveals parts of our heart. Sometimes I need to be sanctified and um, grown and shaped and purified and, um, and, and God needs to prune them. Uh, but sometimes they're also just good things that um, are good knowledge for us to know about what, what really gives us life when we're making decisions or when we're trying to discern what God is doing. The other side of that is the grief and the mourning part and holding that intention because as we make decisions, sometimes there are things that we have to give up. Sometimes there are things that we're invited to actually let go, maybe because it's healthy for us to let go of that. I, I had to let go of a couple of relationships that were really unhealthy for me uh, back in LA. And so part of that was grieving and mourning that. Um, another part of that was also just kind of scaling back my trips to visit people. That was actually a way that God was pruning me so that I could actually spend some time up here doing some particular things um, on our campus and then also building relationships with a new community up here that has been really life-giving for me. And so although it was hard, there was grief and mourning um, around this discernment process for me, um, there was also growth that God was doing. So as we try to discern, God, what are you doing in my life? How are you inviting me in? Um, I think there is something to pursuing things that bring us joy, that God is growing this fruit of joy in us. Um, and then that there's also holding um, the way that we live out grief and mourning in our lives. Now, what I believe to be very true about this is that we need to be reminded that we're not alone. This is why God gave us the community. This is why God gave us the body of Christ, because we all get to reflect the image of God in all of our beauty, um, in who God made each one of us individually to be. But God also made us to be a corporate body. And so it's so important in the discernment process to actually be doing that in community with people. So it might be finding corporate joys. It might be finding corporate griefs and places to mourn and confess. Um, as we do that, I have two invitations for us actually in terms of uh, particular spiritual practices that I would like to invite you into. In my particular community, one of the things that we have been doing that has been life-giving for me in this process of discernment really in this season um, has actually been to gather together for morning prayer. So there is an organization um, called the Northumbria Community, and what they do is they are essentially like a monastic kind of uh, community of people who practice different disciplines um, on a regular basis. So if you wanted to go online, actually they have a website and it's called NorthumbriaCommunity.org. I had to look it up. Um, but what they have on there is many different prayer practices that you can actually do in community. So on Tuesdays and Fridays, my community, we all zoom in together at 9.30 a.m. And we actually do morning prayer together. Um, I wanted to just show you, um, this is the prayer book that we have. It's called Celtic Daily Prayer. And there are morning prayers that are listed in here with some scripture readings that you can engage in. Um, as we end our time uh, in a couple of minutes, um, I'm actually going to pray over us uh, the midday prayer because uh, I think we're about midday today. And so um, it's just a way to be able to pray uh, the rhythm uh, of corporate gathering together, but also being able to be in prayer with one another to be reminded that we're not alone. Um, the other prayer practice that I wanted to just invite us into, this is also actually on our website at SPU, because I think um, 
it's actually really important for us to have moments of not just being able to practice quiet, uh, but also slowing down to pray whatever the deep longing prayer in our hearts are. Um, there's a practice that we uh, have traditionally called breath prayer or the Jesus prayer. And the traditional kind of uh, practice of this has been uh, Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Now, I actually shortened that just a little bit. Um, and it, what it means is on an inhale, you're going to inhale and say one line, and then you're going to exhale and pray the other line. And so the prayer that I have been using actually on a regular basis is Jesus, have mercy on me. And so on the inhale, like Jesus, have mercy on me. And I have friends who have adapted this to other prayers of, may the beauty of God rest upon me. Or maybe it's just, oh God, help me now. It could be many different practices, but what it is is um, setting a moment aside to have the repetition of a very simple prayer um, engaged with our breathing patterns. And I believe that what that does is it gives the opportunity to actually seal that prayer upon our hearts. It gives us a moment to say, okay, God, what are you doing in my life? And how do you want this prayer to change and minister to me? And so I want to invite you uh, actually into that prayer practice. Uh, so first we're going to go ahead and we're going to take a couple of deep breaths. We're going to breathe in together and then we're going to breathe out together. We're going to do that three times. And then I would love for you to have a simple prayer. So one, it would be really short, something on the inhale and then something on the exhale. Um, I'm going to have, I'm going to use Jesus on the inhale and then on the exhale, have mercy on me. So first, uh, let's just take a moment uh, to do an inhale and do an exhale. So let's all breathe in together. And then exhale together. Again, inhale together. And exhale together. One more time, inhale together. And then exhale together. And then this time, let's go ahead and add that simple prayer. So on the inhale, Jesus, on the exhale, have mercy on me. On the inhale, Jesus, the exhale, have mercy on me. One more time, Jesus, on the inhale, have mercy on me. On the exhale, I believe that God can use these different prayer practices for us uh, in our discernment process. I think actually moving into the rest of the year, there's going to be a lot that happens as we continue to figure out what, what are we doing with COVID-19? What is going on with the protests in the city of Seattle? How might I be involved uh, actually in moving towards more just systems? How can I be involved in um, loving others and helping to dignify and affirm their humanity. Um, maybe it's a different call for you. God, what are you doing in my life? How are you growing me so that I can be a blessing to others in a particular way? I believe that God is working and moving. And so part of the discernment process is saying, God, how are you working and moving? And how do I cooperate with you? And some of these prayers might be a part of that invitation for you as you are discerning those things with God. So as we close our time together, I wanted to pray 
a prayer of blessing actually from Midday Prayer from Celtic Daily Prayer uh, book. The prayer that I'm going to pray is the canticle and then the blessing that would send us out. Um, so I'm so grateful uh, that we have had kind of this family talk time in the body of Christ just to be able together to be together and to walk together uh, to do life in this space. And I pray that this would be an opportunity for you to try this at home. Teach us, dear Lord, to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Oh, satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all of our days and let the beauty of the Lord, our God be upon us and establish thou the work of our hands and let the beauty of the Lord, our God be upon us and establish thou the work of our hands, dear Lord. And now you may be, may, may you be blessed with this blessing. Let nothing disturb thee, nothing affright thee. All things are passing. God never changeth. Patient endurance attaineth to all things who God possesseth. In nothing is wanting, alone God sufficeth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May you be blessed, and may you be a blessing to others.